Today on CityCast Boise, Mayor Lauren McLean fended off challenger Mike Masterson to win her second term in office. But what did voting for city council members district by district tell us about where Boise is headed? Idaho Statesman government reporter Rachel Spachek and I break down an extremely close race, a runner-up we didn't quite see coming, and a meridian race that got a little ugly. It's Thursday, November 9th. I'm Blake Hunter, and this is what Boise's talking about. All right, let's jump into all of the numbers from Boise's election this week and uh, Treasure Valley elections this week. But I want to start by asking you just about your own experience. I'm in District 3. Um, I live in the Boise bench. So it was a really interesting race. Um, no incumbent. So all new folks um, coming right. in. I, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect for the race. I think um, there might have been two favorites, um, Kathy Corliss and Teresa Vodder, I think were, um, they, I think mm-hmm. they were really similar candidates from what I read. And, um, you know, I think maybe it could have gone to either one of them, but Kathy Corliss won. And I think the big thing to note about her and about a lot of the other candidates who won in other districts is they have really similar policies to Lauren McLean. And, you know, I think... Right you know, work pretty um, closely with her. I agree. I think that that's um, just the biggest takeaway from this election. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that more, but I, I agree. Uh, yeah. So what was your, your actual voting experience like? Yeah. So um, I obviously started late yesterday since I was covering the election for the statesman. Um, so I voted kind of early afternoon at this little church. I don't have an Idaho ID, uh, even mm. though um, I've lived here for a while, just haven't gotten around to getting an ID. So I had a little bit of trouble because I had to go get my passport um, and also proof of my um, I had to pull up like a water bill. So um, that was right. different this year because in past years, I've just filled out the affidavit um, that they give. So and I've kind of heard of other people struggling a little bit with um, out of state IDs. But um, yeah, yeah, that was the only kind of interesting thing about my voting experience. Yeah. One other kind of anomaly that we heard of is uh, I had a couple like newsletter readers uh, reach out um, to me this week and say like, I ordered, you know, I, I requested an absentee ballot several weeks ago and haven't received anything. And and one one reader like that you can you can check on like the state's website and it said on Monday she was like it said that it it has been mailed to me as of Tuesday, and I was just like what like it was it was just really confusing. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, Secretary of State Phil McGrain said that there were about there were over 700 absentee ballots that uh, something just went wrong and uh, they didn't get sent out to people in time. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because, um, I mean, we had a, a lot of absentee mail-in ballots uh, this year, record uh, turnout for those and also record uh, early voting. So, um, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, these other forms of voting uh, get more popular, but obviously that comes with some ironing out of those processes. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the mayor race. Rachel, any big takeaways? We saw McLean win uh, 55% of the vote uh, and Masterson pulled, out about, pulled in about 43. 
What were your big thoughts going into this? And uh, are you surprised by this at all? I don't think I'm surprised. I mean, she kind of won pretty handedly, I would say. I thought that it was going to be similar to how it played out. You know, I think I've been seeing a lot of Masterson signs in my neighborhood. And I think him kind of running on a platform of public safety, um, I think that's what might be on a lot of people's minds in Boise. And McLean has had, you know, some issues with Boise PD over the last year. So um, I think it kind of played out how I was expecting. I was actually at the Masterson party. I kind of got there 10, 10 o'clock-ish, and he conceded just pretty shortly after I was there at around 11. And, you know, his whole thing was that he did what he wanted to do, which was bring up issues that maybe he felt like she wasn't talking about enough. And he felt like he did that. For sure. These were about the numbers that, like, I expected to to play out. But as you mentioned earlier, what I didn't completely expect was kind of the sweep of McLean-backed candidates across the city council. So let's jump into uh, District 2. So Colin Nash there won uh, 45.5% of the vote, which was enough uh, uh, to get him that seat, which he's already sitting on city council. But this was his first time actually being elected. He was appointed earlier this this year. But kind of a lot of the conversation that we've had here on CityCast Boise um, and uh, on other media has been the conversation between Nash and Grant Burgoyne, who are both former uh, Democratic legislators for Boise. And Burgoyne was kind of challenging to the right of Colin Nash, but then you have this other candidate who is even further to the right, Hillary Smith. And actually, Hillary Smith ended up pulling in 33% of the vote and placed second across the entire district. And interestingly, I, I looked, you know, looking at precinct breakdown, she actually won a lot of those um, precincts that were further west. So getting further out of the city core, you know, you saw her winning more closer to West Boise, which honestly, I wasn't surprised because driving, I, you know, drove in like the West Bench Winstead area recently, and there were a lot of Hillary Smith signs out there. Like there, she had a lot of support out there. And so I've got to wonder, you know, if this had maybe just been a race race between Nash and Smith, like how the Burgoyne vote might have split um, because it was really interesting that she won more over by like five mile in Maple Grove and whatnot. So did you expect Smith to, to pull in second place here? Uh, I don't know if I did. I think when you do consider all of the factors that you just mentioned, kind of the splitting of the vote for more yeah. conservative voters, I think it makes sense that Burgoyne and Smith would kind of have voters go one or the other. Um, but I yeah. I agree with you that I kind of I live around that neighborhood or my friend lives in that in like the Winstead neighborhood area. And I've, I've been over there a lot. And yeah, a lot of Masterson um, Smith signs. So. Yeah, you know, I think it it was really interesting. Um, But yeah, when you consider that kind of splitting the vote, I think um, it does make sense. Yeah. But I mean, to be clear, you know, Nash still won by by 12% of the vote. And he is, again, for that district, McLean's strongest ally. So now we move on to District 3, uh, where you mentioned Kathy Corliss um, and, and Teresa Vodder had, had a lot of overlap. I, I agree that I wasn't totally sure going into the election, you know, the difference between them. But actually, this election came down to 15 votes, which I feel like every, like, 
government teacher, high school teacher this morning is like pointing at that and being like, every vote matters. But Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, this came down to 15 votes. It was 2,566 to 2,551 uh, between her and Josh Johnston, who is, you know, the more conservative choice for this district. So um, it's interesting looking at you know, there wasn't a lot of difference that I noticed between Corliss and Vodder and even Blanchard. But I want to mention that there were two big things that stuck out to me that especially jump out when looking at how the other districts fell as far as aligning with McLean. So Corliss did not have an actual McLean endorsement, but she did appear on a mailer with McLean. Um, and the other thing that she had was a Planned Parenthood endorsement. So the two kind of big, I would say, left-leaning uh, endorsers in the in these races, especially this year, have been the Planned Parent Alliance advocates and the Conservation Voters for Idaho. The Conservation Voters for Idaho didn't pick anyone in District 3, but Planned Parenthood did. And I'm just wondering if, you know, if that was enough to, I don't know, push 15 more people out the door to to push Corliss over, over Johnston. And it's really interesting that this was truly the one district that I think conservatives had a real opportunity to pick up a seat on city council, but it didn't happen. Yeah. And similar to what we were talking about in District 2, I think that... Josh Johnson did a lot better than I was expecting. And then I think he would have done if Teresa Vodder and Kathy Corliss weren't both in the race, because I think they kind of split that um, McLean or more Democratic vote um, in that race. So, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And and we knew this one was going to be interesting just because you didn't have an incumbent. You know, you didn't have anybody who was pulling a lot of big endorsements. I was kind of surprised. Uh, Blanchard, Chris Blanchard, who's also been on uh, Boise's Planning and Zoning Commission, came in last with 14 percent of the vote. Did you expect that? I kind of maybe expected him to do better than Johnston, but I know living in the neighborhood, I've gotten a lot of Johnston mailers and I haven't gotten any Blanchard mailers. And I know he was out sign waving um, around the Fred Meyer on Franklin on election day morning. So, you know, he might have just kind of been more visible to the community. I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, absolutely. Another big difference between Johnston and Corliss was Johnston um, was kind of the most consistently critical out of these candidates in, in District 3 of the zoning code rewrite. And which, talking about the big takeaway from this from this whole election, citywide, looking at the support for McLean really you know, empowered a lot of candidates and the support for the zoning code rewrite, I feel like really goes goes along with that, which obviously there's a lot of criticism of that, uh, as shown in District 3, uh, supporting, you know, someone who's against it. But Corliss ended up being able to pull through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, kind of an interesting quote, I was just reading the Statesman's, our coverage of the mayoral election. I think Colin Nash had a quote um, about McLean saying she made some tough decisions and it ended up rewarding her. I think he was probably referring to the zoning code rewrite because, like you said, it was you know, unpopular in some places. And she kind of made the decision that she did. And it did seem like it ended up rewarding her and and maybe her um, and some of the city council members who won. But I think that was, um, yeah, definitely a difficult decision that could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, this District 3 race in particular, it just it could have easily gone any which way. District 4, however, was was out of all of them, probably the most cut and dry. Uh, so uh, Jordan Morales is a new city council member. Uh, I interviewed him this week. 
week, uh, and I have uh, that up online with uh, with CityCast Boise, so check that out. And so, yeah, he won with 68% of the vote. He had one challenger, but she was not super active. Uh, the only political, the only campaign donor that she had was was herself. Not a lot of big takeaways there for me. That was pretty much what expected, what was expected. But District Five, uh, which is my district, I'm just kind of on the very edge of it. Meredith Stead, I expected her to win, but not by this much. Yeah, no, I I didn't expect her to win by this much. It was surprising for sure. Yeah, I mean, we actually ended up with kind of the most uh, progressive city council slate that could have come out of this election, other than maybe Corliss versus Teresa Vauder, you know. But it's it's really interesting that as the McLean camp has been saying, uh, you know, since the election, it, this really shows that Boise voters wanted to put their weight behind the zoning code rewrite. And, um, you know, they're at least excited about how that is going to look moving forward. Yeah, really interesting. But I just want to note to listeners, the mayoral race in Boise uh, is a four-year term, but because of this new system, district by district, that the legislature implemented on cities over 100,000 residents, for this election, even-numbered districts uh, will go for two-year terms, uh, and odd-numbered will be four-year terms. So uh, Willits, Corliss, and Stead are in their seats until 2027, but we'll see Nash, Morales, and Halliburton on the city council all have to seek re-election in, in two years, so in 2025. So just want people to know about that. Okay, so now let's move west a little bit. Uh, looking at Meridian, um, which I know that you you follow much closer than I do, but uh, we had a race here for, for mayor uh, and another, second, another mayor seeking their second term. How did this play out? Yeah, um, in Meridian, I think the mayor's race played out the way I thought it was going to. Um, incumbent Mayor Simison won almost 70% of the vote. He was running against Mike Kahn, who is kind of a far-right candidate. One of the main people spearheading the Meridian Library stuff about dissolving the library and um, recalling right. all of the yeah library district trustees. Simison won pretty handedly. I, I don't think that was a surprise. The surprise in Meridian was one of the city council districts, District 2, where um, Brad Hoagland and Liz Strader both sit on the city council now. And since the city had to vote by district for city council this election, they ended up running against each other. And he is a little bit older. He has more experience being on city council um, years wise. And he raised a lot more money than she did. And so I... Mm -hmm. I think just taking those things into consideration, I did think that he was going to win, but she won. Um, I think she had like 50, maybe 56 percent of the vote. Um, I'm not yeah. exactly sure. I don't have those in front of me, but, um, you know, she definitely won there. Um, and I talked to her after she was, you know, really excited. She had a quote that said, when you have two qualified candidates, Meridian is the place who wins. But I think she was really excited about winning that. Yeah, that was an interesting race for me, too. I mean, I was kind of paying attention to how this would play out because Boise Dev just recently covered uh, a little bit of a back and forth between these two candidates um, where, you know, they've w worked well together before. There's been no, you know, public drama between them at all. But uh, Hoagland put out a mailer really highlighting um, 
Strader's past workings with Democrats, which was many years ago at this point. And, you know, she's she's really been working with the GOP in the GOP in multiple different facets. She was kind of upset with with some of the things that uh, Hoagland had pointed out and just didn't feel that it was super appropriate for for voters to be getting that. Which I think is interesting that she ended up pulling out ahead with fewer campaign donations. So, yeah. Yeah. And I covered that mail or two. And I know that she um, I I kind of wonder if that negativity played into this race, because I know she kind of mentioned that Meridian we've seen kind of negativity in Boise races in the past, but Meridian hasn't seen a lot of that. So mm-hmm. she kind of mentioned that this was strange and not, you know, like other Meridian races. So I wonder if that kind of gave people um, a weird feeling about Hoagland. You know, hard to yeah. say with any of this. We can just speculate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in Boise, a lot of those uh yeah, a lot of that kind of politics has often backfired for candidates. Um, so I wonder if that stuff that's what happened in Meridian, too. OK, last thing that we want to talk about. I mean, there are Nampa and Caldwell races that we'll kind of get into. I'll talk about them in the newsletter, uh, but we're not going to talk about them today. But the last thing that I do want to talk about, uh, Ada County uh, Sheriff's Office put together this jail bond uh, requesting $49 million to expand the jail, jail which they say is really overcrowded um, and... It, it, you know, it's been a, a hotly contested issue and it ended up it needed a two thirds majority to pass, which is a uh, that's a really tough margin for really anything to pass. So it needed 67 percent or 66.7 percent of the vote. And it kind of just fell, you know, within one, one and a half percentage shy of that. I honestly expected this to pass and I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I expect that we'll we'll get we'll see this again in some some form or another. Were you surprised by this? Yeah, I also was surprised. I was covering this race, I guess you could call it, for the Statesman last night. And early in the night, it seemed like it was getting that support. And I was like, okay, it might pass. But again, I think this is a conversation we have a lot with bonds for school districts, too. That super majority two thirds is just so hard to get. And some of these races where turnout isn't, I mean, you mentioned it was record turnout for a city race, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like a big election year for the legislature, things like that. So turnout isn't as high as it might Mm -hmm. be. And, you know, you just need 34% of people to say no for this not to pass. So, yeah. 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 I'm curious on when we'll see this again. I mean, I'm sure that the sheriff's office will continue pushing for a jail expansion. So we'll stay on top of that. Okay, Rachel, thank you for going through these painstakingly uh, district by district and whatnot. Are there any big standouts left that you want to point out to to listeners? In Eagle, no one got 50 plus 1% in the mayor's race. So there will be a runoff between the top two vote getters. Um, That's incumbent mayor Jason Pierce and um, a man who sits on city council right now, Brad Pike. So I will be covering another election in December. Well, good luck to you for that. And uh, thank you again for, for joining me to break this all down. Of course. Thanks so much, Blake. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. See you later.